0: Hey, Dino Rizzo here. Welcome to a new series we're calling Unscripted Conversations with Dino. You know the thing I love most about ARC is that we help launch new churches and we create space for connection between existing churches. We believe in the saying, don't do ministry alone. And that is our biggest strength as a network of like-minded churches. And I get to travel around the world talk to some of those incredible pastors and leaders. And they're serving and they're giving their lives to the cause of Jesus Christ, making such a difference in their cities and in their communities. But we're excited to extend what we get to see and learn to you. We get real, we get raw, discussing stories of church planning, leadership, struggles, relationships, all unscripted, of course. Together, we'll witness the incredible strength and diversity as we explore different regions, churches, who all have their own culture, size, and experience. We're going to celebrate this. We know that God is using these expressions to reach more people for the cause of Jesus Christ. So get ready to be inspired. We're so glad you're here. Man, how awesome it is to be right here in Cincinnati with my man, Brian Cromer, Pastor Brian Cromer, moved here Goodness, almost four years ago, launched Queen City Church. Moved in January 18th. Uh, with your wife, Heather, two boys, a great team. Yep. Man, we are in the city, man. Why do you love Cincinnati? What's making this city so awesome? Oh,
1: man. Um,
0: you know, one of my pastors,
1: Pastor Chris, Yeah. I heard him say for so many years, don't move anywhere until you have supernatural love for a city. Yeah. And when we're in this process of figuring out what city a hundred percent. That's what happened. I mean, we just fell in love. There's nowhere Did you on planet think Earth like that? Maybe it. it could be Cincinnati. Oh, not. Did you go Never. to some other cities? Never. Yes. So we we basically just said, God, wherever you want us to go, we're in. Do that. So, so we awesome. we created some filters, put a yeah, bunch yeah. of cities in it, and three checked all the marks, and Cincinnati was one of those three. Um, and then we just we just try to put ourselves in position to hear. Yeah. And the more we spent time here, the more we absolutely fell in love with the we city. We
0: just ate at a great restaurant downtown, yep. a lot of different people, diverse community, people, all kinds of people yep. uh, in Cincinnati. And uh, man, I mean, it's just, we're proud of you, man. You've done so well. Thank you. So Thank you. Almost, moved here almost four years ago, launched three years ago. We're here three year anniversary. <laughs> yep. Come on back to have a party, a yep. Cincinnati party. Yep. And uh, it's just incredible. Tell us a little bit about the name. Yep. I like the name. A lot of people are trying to figure out names for their churches. You, you got to get a city. Yep. You got to get a name. Yep. So so God led you to a city. Yep. Tell me t- two things. Tell me when you when you came here, when did you know this is where we're supposed to be? Yep. And then tell me a little bit of history about the name.
1: Yeah. So one of the things that we did is we put all like we asked God for Everything that we could to be able to have some filters of things that we knew because God gave us what we were called to do before where to do it. Okay. Whenever you wow. plant a church, yeah. the, the first question that's asked every time is where. Yeah. Then people ask why. Yeah, yeah. And I felt like God say flip that. That's interesting. I want you to know why, and then I'll show you where. Right. And so whenever we started, we knew with, with, there were some things that the more we knew the church that we were called to plant, the unique expression that was in our heart. Um, God showed us that, so we put every city in the United States through these filters. Few got put on heart. Then we just put ourselves in position to hear. Right. So we studied every stat, demographic, everything yeah. we could. We found, and then for about three years, every vacation we took was in those cities. <laughs> so we'd be coming to Cincinnati for vacation, That's and awesome. people be like, "Why are you going to Cincinnati? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, it's an underrated city. It's awesome. It's got good yeah. food, everything." So we just started to come. Great sports, and then we came, uh, at least good fans. Um, yeah. Not re- Records not always great. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, but we had a moment, uh, which is right on the riverbank, and then we had this spot, we were, my wife and I were sitting there, and we just had an amazing trip, and we asked every single person that we came into contact with on that trip, literally if they saw me, made eye contact with me, I was going to talk to them. Wow. Uh, because i just wanted to see if i yeah. connected with the feel city it, and the it. people and yeah. so i just started asking every person if you could describe this city in one word what would be that one word and why and That's number a great question and number one answer out by far was potential
0: was mm. potential and that resonated so much. even people so much. just on the streets? On the streets. At the hotel? Yeah. At the restaurant? People that live in the city. Talking about Cincinnati? Absolutely. Just walking the streets. People just sense there's great potential Absolutely. here. Absolutely. Absolutely. Wow. And that's what
1: we felt. And we felt like there was potential. So we were sitting on this this swing that was overlooking beautiful baby Brooklyn Bridge and then the the Ohio River and this beautiful scene and we just made a decision, is this the place? Yeah. Yeah. where God's calling us to plant And, a and Heather
0: felt 100% absolutely same. I mean, because how, how we, we it felt is, we felt our family was a
1: fit. Oh, has to be. So not only was our family a fit, but the church that was in our heart, the more we could define it, yeah. we felt like it fit the needs of the city. So those were the two primary things. The fact that our our family was a fit yep. and then the the church that God was calling us to plant, no matter where we would plant that church, it fit the actual needs of the has city. Has
0: that word potential driven some of the things, Absolutely. guided some of those things, Absolutely. as you've served the people here?
1: Absolutely, yeah, because the, the city is so full of potential, and it, it, there's nowhere like it on planet Earth. It's the most unique culture. I love it with all my heart. I always tell people that aren't from here, it's the spot in the country where the North, the South, and the Midwest all wow. hit in one spot. Yeah, yeah. and has
0: characteristics of all three, sure. but it is none of those three. There's nothing yeah. like it. When you think about with that word potential, it, it's that means there's something that's going to come forth. Absolutely. That means there's still something yet to be unearthed. There's still something to be discovered. I think a lot of times people want to go to something that the cake's already baked. Mm-hmm. You know, they're not looking at the ingredients. Yep. You know, nobody says I can't wait to eat flour and salt <laughs> no and you know, but they, they want the cake. Yep. But potential says, man, I see the ingredients. I'm going to need to put them together. That's great. I'm going to need to mix it. Yep. It's going to need some time in the oven. And then, and, and that's what you do as a planter. And I think that's encouraging for planters to know because you can't go thinking, it's all there waiting on me right. already. Absolutely. I mean, That's, that's not how this thing absolutely. works. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah, I mean, it takes so much
1: energy and effort. Absolutely, you have to have the call Faith. of God. And there are certain things that, at the end of the day, the greatest piece of wisdom that I got throughout this whole thing um, was that God has a job, and that I have a job,
0: mm-hmm.
1: and that, I'm not going to try to do his job,, yeah, it's good. but I'm also not going to expect him to do my yeah, job. That's great. That's great. And word. it's that combination of being crystal clear on this is what God's responsibility is, and I can't do that. I can't control that even if I tried, yeah. even if I wanted to, but there are some things that Amen. I can. and there is no way around it that it takes
0: work, effort, yeah. grit, some hustle. Yeah, yeah, it has to. I had a professor in college. He said, we were talking about leadership one day, and this was I mean, it was early on, man. Leadership was still, you're trying to figure out what they weren't even meant back in the 80s. Yep. And he said, leadership is seeing uh, potential in people when they don't even see it in themselves. That's good. Now that's a, that's common, it's not earth shattering, but, and he said, if you'll go around seeing that in people, you'll be able to build a team. And obviously you've done it. Now tell us about the name. How did you, how, yeah. where, I know it's God, but what was your yeah. process? So, with coming up with the name of your church that now is known.
1: So literally, when we had that moment okay. with Heather, when we were sitting on those swings, we and said, queen. this is it, she, she's the first lady, she, she's, <laughs> she's my crown, that's why I call her my crown. Yeah, yeah. And we said, this is it, we're planting our flag, right. this is where God's calling us, burn the boats, no turning back. Amen. We literally, an hour later, said, this is gonna be the name of the church. Wow. And it was on our heart, and really, at the end of the day, Cincinnati is known as the Queen City. It was known as the Queen City to the west if you were going east yeah. to west. And then also it's a very common phrase that's used for a city that is the biggest city in a state that's not the True. capital.
0: Oh, that's right.
1: And so that's so wow. so Charlotte, yeah. North Carolina, is a, as a Queen que- City. Yes, that's right. And so they're also known as the Queen City. Yeah. And so um we knew we wanted right from the jump the the name of our church to show that we are for the city that that we don't want anything from the city that we believe god's hand is on Mm -hmm. the city of cincinnati and we wanted people to know right from the jump even though that we were a parachute coming in we'd had no relationships we would never done ministry here i knew one family one of my college roommates lived in the cincinnati area and outside of that we wanted people to know that even though we weren't from here that god loves this city and
0: that we wanted the city to thrive. You know, it's interesting about you, and we've got dear friends. We have a lot of mutual friends mm-hmm. and a lot of respect for one another. Is people um, they they when 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 you talk about the Cromers, uh, high, great leaders, honor, uh, humble, um, smart. You know, you you're you're a great combination and uh, to be able to, and you were that before you were a planter. Mm -hmm. You've been that in your life. So these are things that you did on staff, on a team, serving a pastor, serving others. I saw that at Highlands, of course, Mm -hmm. at Gateway, all those things, they were in you, you did that. When you came here, you brought that with you. Um, Already great churches here in Cincinnati. You honored those great churches. You were thankful to come alongside of the other great churches because you're a person of respect. Yeah. You're a person and, and but at the same time you knew God put something great in your heart for this city to to come alongside of the other great churches. Absolutely. So it, I I just feel like you've done it very honorable. Ta- tell me a little talk to a church planner about how you go into a city with honor mm-hmm. and leadership. Yeah. To respect what's been done, yeah. but to also be fired about about what you're doing.
1: Yeah, well I I knew there was no doubt in my mind that God had called us to plant a church. There was no more, I think, there was no more, I, like, I feel. It was, I know, I know, I did the hard work. I know that I know that I know that God not only called me to plant a church, that He had put inside of me a unique yeah. expression of a church that yeah. did not exist. Sure. And that He called me to do it here. But I also know that, you know, that I was coming into a city where I would reap a harvest of seeds that I did not plant and I did not water. And so it's very important to me as just who I am as a person, what I've been taught from amazing churches like Gateway, from Highlands, uh, my art family. It's just taught, instilled in me this principle of honor. And we actually have a value at our church that honors our posture and that we're going to consistently choose to take the posture of honor. And so one of the things that we did before we even launched is we came here, we had a trip, and we scheduled nine or ten different coffees in a span of like two days. I was so fired (laughs) up on caffeine. But it was all with pastors in the city. That's fantastic. And a lot of people that have paved the way. And And it was important for me very early in the process for them to hear from me that we were planning a church in cincinnati i didn't want them to hear from other people i wanted to look it's those, like you were carrying the those way. leaders those pastors i wanted to look them in the eyes and say i i wanted you to hear this from me but i also wanted you to know that i am about god's kingdom more than my kingdom Amen. i'm about the capital c church right. more than our church and i just want to look you in the eyes and honor you as somebody who has paved the way who's gone before me who is planted and faithfully watered and made a difference in this city. And I I just want you to know that right off the bat that I honor you and I'm not not in competition with you. And that what I'm praying is that what happens in this city, the only way that it could happen is not by one church coming in and making a difference. It's by every church reaching its full potential. And I want you to know right
0: from day one that I'm in your corner. That's so good because I think if, if you're not careful, you're thinking that, I'm gonna I, I'm gonna put that weight on the pastor that's already there. Right. You didn't let that weight be on them. You 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 took that weight on yourself, regardless of how they responded. Right. Regardless if they got excited right. about you. Regardless if they were like, oh, I can't wait, I can't wait. You go ahead and take that step. It's, you know you got to walk across the room first. Right. And I, I think that is a an incredible attribute. So take us through the, the planning. Take take us through yeah. kind of so just talk to us for a few minutes about what it was like.
1: Well, it was, um, from an emotional standpoint, there was two main emotions, and it was extreme excitement and terrifying fear, (laughs) and nothing quite in between. It was like this tennis match going back and forth, depending on the situation, the day, the hour, the conversation that you had, Uh, but really, like we moved here in January 2018, not knowing any, we knew one family. That was it. And I didn't think that they would even come to our church. Um, and so we moved here, true parachute, not knowing anybody. And uh, we, I've never been more desperate and dependent upon God yeah. every single day. Oh, yeah. um, I remember waking up during those first few weeks and the first thing I thought, literally wake up, first thing I thought is, God, I need you today. Mm-hmm. I need you to open doors. I need you to, because I, I knew that the keys to everything that we, what God was calling us to do, was relationally. I knew everything was through relationships, so I needed God to open some doors, but also I needed to do my part to make sure. And so we just started meeting anybody that would meet with us. Yeah. And I think I added it up. I think I had somewhere around 125 coffees in the nine months from the time. And how we did moved. you get
0: those? How how would you get those meetings? So so you're meeting somebody at, at, yeah. at working out. You're meeting someone. At the store, you're meeting someone yeah. at you know at the dry cleaner. How? Yeah. how, how so, what was that transition so for someone?
1: For the most part, it was whenever we made the announcement. Here's where we okay. Our are, our are On planning social media, etc. Yeah. So et cetera, once et once word started getting out, okay. people would be like, "You need to meet this person. Uh, they so live in Cincinnati." And really, we'll I would just ask and just say, "Do you know anybody in the city? Oh, I don't care okay. if if they are pastors at a church. Tr- I just I know I just need to meet people in the city." And so when we first moved here, I had a whole catalog of names Potential. and numbers. And so I would start there and I met with them. And then every time I would sit down with somebody, I'd first want to hear their story. Because almost every single person thought that I, they, I was coming to yeah, push man. something, oh, sell something. Good. But I would know. I'd that's flip incredible. it and tell me about you. I want to hear about what's in your that's heart. Correct. I want to hear about your family. And then eventually they would want to hear what I have to say. Yeah. And then I'd tell them our story and what, how God brought us here. And then I would ask every single time, who are three to five people that you know in this city that I need to know? Yeah. And would you, this is the only ask that I made, will you relationally connect me with them? Uh, whether that be through a text, yeah, yeah. whether that be through an email, You'd whatever. Hustle. Just And then I would do the same thing, meet with those people, ask them, get three to five people that you know in this city that I need to know meet with them. And that's essentially everything was relational, everything. Mm -hmm.
0: And just who, who did I meet? So then, then how did that go? Then, then what were the steps of then building a team? So we we really had three like
1: on ramps is what I would, I would call it of how to be able to do it. We had a very relational, which is a coffee, just like, Hey, hang out. Let me tell you a little bit. Let's get to know each other. And then I'll share with you the ways that you can connect and be a part of what we're doing. And I never pushed, never, never. The only thing I would ask people to do is pray. Okay. They say, would you pray for us? And then all these other steps, which is like connect us with people, uh, give, be a part of the team, yeah. pray and do whatever God tells you to do. If he tells you to do it, great. Awesome. If not, cool. Um, and so we would do it that way. The second way is we started, my wife and I, Heather, we started hosting every Friday night. We would do a dinner party. And we would just mm-hmm. start having people and that's kinda of like the medium on ramp. Yeah. And we just started having people in our home every Friday night because we started having people move to the
0: city. Right. And we wanted to make sure that they stayed connected. Yeah. And in those in, in that evening of a Friday night, are you unpacking a little vision and values? No. We that's just, just to get to we know
1: literally you. opened up our home. So that's just
0: relational. And the okay. most
1: spiritual thing we would do is we'd pray before yeah. we Okay. Okay. That was it. And then people could just hang out. And so we'd have people hang out till eleven P.M. midnight, yeah. <laughs> just hang out and just, Y'all got to leave. just 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 talk. And we would just build a relationship. And it was like this low pressure way for people okay. to build relationships and to bring people that they had met in the city yeah. just to connect. And uh, you know, eventually it would turn into conversation centered around why we're in the city and what God is calling us to do. And yeah. conversation would just drift there, but then we would we hundred percent ran the art play. So yeah. if you need somebody to stamp, like, this is the way to do it. <laughs> let me tell you, I'm your well, guy. You, and you're helping us make do that. <laughs> and uh And so we, we started six months out is when we started having what we just called startup parties. Yep. Where we would. Uh, and so then that was everybody you met. You had, That was the big. That was the big okay. net that we were going to. And then that's where we cast vision. And we would tell people in about 15 minutes, here's what God's called us to do. And here's a very formal way for you to say, I want to be a part of this launch team, which is a very simplistic, it was exactly what it means. It is a team of people committed to launch
0: this church. So then they would, out of that, your startup party, they could then filter in to say, I want on the team. Correct. I could give, I can pray, and then somewhere in there, you begin to meet with those to build the team? Yep. And so about
1: two months out is when we started doing launch team gatherings which was yeah. kind of ramping up towards launch Sunday where in that whole process was the uh, launch team becoming okay. the dream team.
0: Oh, and so okay, the, pi- that's good. The, the picture you that you made that God, transition then.
1: Yeah, okay. the picture that God gave okay. me during the launch team was a circle facing out. Because I think it's it's one level. A circle is one level, so there's no layers of leadership. Right. There is a circle where I'm on the launch team, you're on the launch team, every person's on the launch team, and it's a team of people committed to launch a church. But we're not inclusive, Uh, we're not exclusive, we're not facing inside. It's a circle that's facing out, always looking to add people to the circle, so the circle just keeps getting bigger and bigger and bigger. But then the launch team gatherings, the two months leading up to launch, it was the process of that circle becoming actual structure and becoming a, a, a triangle which had layers of leadership and teams yeah. and all those. So you things. could get done. Correct. Yeah.
0: Yeah. That's amazing. And you, and and during those, so so we get to the launch, and um, what was the? There's always that. Okay, I thought it was going to be this way, but it was that way. I thought this was going to happen, but that happened. Yeah. What was that first? Thirty days. Yeah. Okay. What? Yeah. And a lot of it. Sometimes it's so much more positive. Absolutely. But then there's a few surprises. Absolutely. What do you would prepare a church planter for? Yeah. What that could be like? Well, I, I had a
1: lot of wisdom. I had a lot of incredible
0: people that
1: yeah. invested in me beforehand. So you know, there's some things I felt very equipped and ready for for that process. But then there's a lot of things where I was just advised to to not have have faith, but watch your expectations Mm -hmm. and not um and so um one of my dear friends jason laird he told me he said don't turn around on launch sunday until at least song two (laughs) like just just don't even turn around don't even do it don't even just don't just worship jesus Jesus. just be there don't even worry about who's in the room watch the drummer (laughs) the problem is we went up after song one Oh, and, yeah, and yeah, yeah, yeah. And so, the little hollow green. And greeting. I remember going up there and I'm like, there's people here. This is unbelievable. And then we came back up at the end. Yeah. And I was like, there's so many more people here. Where yeah. did they all come from? God. We had 642 people. That is a massive Sunday. Um, and to God be the glory, is, is such an amazing that is an incredible Sunday. Launch. And, um, you know, honestly, you know, we are at the time of this recording, we're 156 weeks in. And uh, we say that we're still undefeated, 156-0, and even through a global pandemic, all that fun stuff. Because you Uh, were how
0: many weeks in when Mr. COVID? uh, 78. Yeah, I was going to say, yeah, yeah, it's been half. It's it's been been, half,
1: literally half. And um, and so, um, you know, I I honestly, Dino, I I feel like I'm having the time of my life Mm -hmm. throughout these whole first three years. And I'm having so much fun. I've never felt more fulfillment, never felt more purpose. You know, we, we talk in our churches about find what God's made you to do yep. and you'll discover this purpose and this fulfillment that you would never experience anywhere else. And I'm telling you, I feel like I'm living it. I feel like the most mm-hmm. lucky guy in the world, doing it with the best people in the world, uh, such an amazing team that I love with all my heart and um, in the city that I love. I mean, just, I mean, it literally, we just made a decision from day one. We're going to enjoy every moment. So we enjoyed the pre-launch. I didn't wish to to just be a church. It was no like these yeah, nine you wish months. It all the way. I want to be in the moment, mm-hmm. and I want to be in the moment at launch. And I don't want to just think about the first year when when I couldn't miss something. What God's doing right here. And yeah. then the first year, I wanted to be in that first year. And at the end of the day, I know that God's given us big vision. I know it. And I yeah. all the things that God's done, I'm so thankful, but I know it's just the tip of the iceberg of what He's called us to do. But I I'm I'm I, I'm committed to have that vision, but to also be very content where we're at right now. And my prayer from day one has been that we grow, not swell. It's uh, good. I have no desire to swell. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Swelling is not healthy yeah. and it, it it doesn't sustain. Uh but growth, you know, if, if I were to go out and trip on the way out of this and hit my elbow and my elbow ballooned up, nobody would come to me and be like, bro, your arms, <laughs> yeah. what are you that's doing? Awesome. Man, what's They're your jacked. secret? What's your secret? People are like, what is wrong with yeah, you? Yeah, yeah. But I think it's so easy for churches to look like yeah, that. Yeah, sure, sure. And it'd be celebrated. It'd be, you yeah. know, that, that where it's like, oh, I don't know if that's the healthiest thing in the world. Yeah. But if, you know, you go out and you do 10 years of curls... And then you go and you get those nice arm. People are like, okay, because that's growth. That's not swelling. That's growth.
0: Well, you've done. I mean, what's interesting to me is you. I mean, you were you were part of a. You've been a part of good churches. Absolutely. You, you're you've been a learner. I think. I honestly, what I believe, my humble opinion, the best churches in the world. And so, and you, and you've, you're a learner. So I mean, even just the the way that you you position you and your wife to be able to be at Highlands for a minute, Gateway. You traveled some. You you you've, you've traveled and spoke because of your heart for students, mm-hmm. always learning, always having those conversations. Um, And so you were well connected, you had friends, but how important was it for you to have a friendship of of fellow church planters? Uh Like even like in your what we call a class, your season. Maybe guys that had planted six months, a year. How important has it been for you to be connected to to the fraternity of planters where you can just, I mean, go back and forth and and do some 360? You know, check I, it
1: out. I, I don't think there's been hardly anything that's been more important than that. Wow. Of just having people that are maybe just a little bit further down the road. Uh, people that were peers that right here, right now. And I mean, it, when I did art training, I was at the table with Mark Francie and Jordan yeah, Smucker. We yeah. all planted our wow. churches on the same day. And, you know, we talk and we communicate. and um, You, all you, the you time. can't replace that. You cannot. And then there's been people that I've, I've been able to connect with that have been yep. a little bit maybe after us. And here's some things that we did, here's some things that worked, here's some things that didn't. But it's just that whole fraternity of people that have been there and done that, that understand and that are doing it like right here, right now um, has been so incredible. To know that at any time I can pick up the phone and call and text yeah. 50 guys because, is what you, so what you see happening
0: you see people that have some experience Mm -hmm. and so they think "Well, the experience that i had uh, being a youth pastor being a campus pastor that'll automatically transfer over to church planting i don't need to go through training maybe i don't need arc or i don't need other church planting organization i'm just going to go start it based on what i've already experienced Mm -hmm. but what i have seen is a lot of times this is not that absolutely and it's not you just it's not plug and play what did you learn? Again, you grew some things. Yep. You built some things. Right. How different has planting a church the last 156 weeks? Yep. How different was it from the other 156 weeks?
1: Yeah. I mean, it, it is. It is for sure. It is for sure. There are some principles that sure. absolutely transfer yeah. over and that are valuable. I mean, there's things that yeah. you are learning, and guys that maybe you want to plant one day. They're in ministry roles right now. There's their skills and there's leadership principles that absolutely. Uh, transfer over, but there is a weight that is different than any other weight with that. And you know, that's that you almost don't know until you're there. And I think I I would encourage anybody that's in there to just take the humble posture of a learner and to realize, I don't know what I don't know. The truth is the first day, that I ever was a lead pastor was the first day that I was a lead pastor. (laughs) Like I can can go and I can talk to a bunch of people, but this was my first day. All those other things, it wasn't that. And so to to realize that and to be very sober minded that the other things that I did, it's not invalidating that day, but at the end of the day, I don't know what I don't know about this. It's like you can read every parenting book in the world. Yeah, but you don't know what it's like to be a parent yeah, yeah. until you have a child and it's you just learn along the way. And that's one of those things that uh, I, I, I want to learn the rest of my life and constantly keep getting better.
0: Yeah. Well, I mean, we're living in fluid and flexible days, not just for a church planner, but with covid. Absolutely. You had to do that. Mm-hmm. Move venues, move some locations. Uh, went to online, mm-hmm. couldn't meet. You're in Ohio, mm-hmm. uh, different regulations, mm-hmm. restrictions, and maybe someone in South Carolina or Texas or right. Florida or over on the West Coast. So, um, take us through some of this fluid uh, setup, tear down. Mm-hmm. We're in a we're in a space now. We're not in a space. Mm-hmm. How have you uh, been able to lead through that?
1: Yeah. Um, well, you know, everything that we've done through the last year and a half has been this kind of uncharted territory for leaders of today. Yes, uh, Just kind of navigating through some of those things. It's happened in history, but not in my history. Right. And so there's no playbook. I did not learn how to lead a church through a pandemic in Bible school.
0: Uh, yeah, there was exactly. no
1: class <laughs> that, that uh, yeah, yeah. had that. We're meeting here, where, now we're meeting there. Yeah. So our first 78 weeks as a church um, was meeting in a high school, and it was a set up takedown environment and uh, you know when we did that we had on-site storage and everything was there amazing amazing uh, situation and then March 8th 2020 was our last Sunday and then March 11th was the Wednesday night where kind of the world went boom the NBA shut down and then the next day it was like dominoes this one after the other so on that that night um, that Thursday night we decided hey for this week and we'll take it week by week we'll go online
0: and so we went online were and you were you showing your services online? No, we were not. Our, our so you you became online in a day. Our literal like online
1: presence up until that point was a audio podcast. That was of it. the service. Yeah, of of just the message. Okay, just that the was message. It. Wow, we had an audio yeah, podcast, yeah. and we had vision for that one day, sure. but we we're like we're we're a ways from that. And so literally in a span of two days, we had to figure out how Good to team. how to do that, and then. What ended up being week by week ended up being 26 weeks, a full six months. We yep. were fully online as a church. Everything we did as a church yep. during that six months, we transitioned online from groups to grow track, everything for, for six months was that. And then for us to be able to even go back and uh, come back as, as a church in person, we were not able to do it at the school that we were at. Uh, the, the school system's buildings were all shut down, so for us, us to find, we had to find a alternate location which was in the heart of downtown cincinnati and it was a theater and
0: so so you're having a retrofit correct what you have at the school we had everything there may not be plug and play at the theater but
1: that's after six months where we had to figure out okay who's on the team true now and figure out where's your leaders and so we ended up having a very kind of minimal setup. So we, we kind of went because the, the venue was smaller, uh, we had to kind of make shift what we did and we had to figure out um, a very simplistic way with a smaller team and figure out a way how to be able to uh, still make it excellent, but also at the same time, be able to, to figure out in, in, the, in the current climate, what does that look like yeah. in today? And so we were there, we were in the theater for right at a year. And we thought that was gonna be a little seasonal. And I think the, the thing that, that we just made a commitment to is we, we had these guiding principles that we were gonna make decisions by. Yeah. And it was gonna be the thing that no matter what, these are we're gonna filter decision-making through this. And with that, then and some of those were, we're gonna make sure that we are prioritizing people's health and safety, mm-hmm. that we're gonna honor our government and listen to mm-hmm. wisdom and medical professionals. And then we were going to consistently continue to think long-term. And it's not about right here, right no, now. Yeah, God's yeah. called us to something in this city. So I believe for me personally, at minimum I have a 30-year assignment. Yeah. So what, six months, a year? That's <laughs> nothing when you think about long-term. And, long and so we're gonna make sure we're doing everything we can to make sure that we are doing a playing the long game for our city yeah. and our reputation and our character. And we're gonna make sure, and that just really helped us in decision-making yeah. Now at the same time, there's so much flexibility that had to be we, we were married to our mission. We were absolutely not married to our methods because our methods, everything ended up having to change. And what's the word of 2020 pivot? You know, like okay. we had to pivot. We had to pivot like crazy. And uh, so we did that many, many times throughout this whole crazy journey.
0: You know, Brian, one of the things when when people talk about you and I had this conversation this week, when I was telling somebody I was coming up here for the three-year anniversary. The, out of their mouth was, man, they're great leaders. Hmm. They're great leaders. And great leaders are great learners. We've already talked about that. You're a great leader. And you've, you've, you've put together some fluid, life-giving leadership structure. We've already discussed it. Right. I like how it's fluid. It, it can flex, it can move, yep. of course, because that's how church is right now. But it's, it's life-giving. Talk a little bit about, you know, how, how that was in you and that was there from the beginning, yep. from day one, and how it's just continuing to, to scale to where you're at now.
1: Yeah, well, you know, thankfully, I had some experience to be able to see this is a few ways of how church can be done and then factor in my personality, what are my strengths? So we just at the very beginning of this whole bad boy just started dreaming, like when you combine all those things, what would be the ideal? Let's just shoot for the moon. What would be the ideal structure to be able to accomplish the vision that we know God's put in our heart? And let's try that. And let's at least see if we can do that from day one. And so we were able to do that to say, okay, if we had unlimited everything, what would be the structure that we would do? And so we figured out what that structure was. And then we asked God, God, do we have the people to be able to start this from day one? And so obviously we've learned along the way yeah. and shifted and molded and do that. But it was important for me to have clarity. I think it's the greatest gift that I can give our church is clarity. Mm-hmm. It's not just big vision, but it's clear good. vision. That's good. And uh, that's why it says, write the vision, make it plain, so that other people can run with it. So I knew it was my responsibility not to just have big vision, but clear vision of not just what we were doing, but how we can actually accomplish that thing. I feel like that's one of my greatest strengths as a leader, is not just having vision of where we wanna go and recognizing where we are. I think how my brain's wired is I I can think through how to be able to get there. And so we knew that the structure would help actually accomplish what God put in our hearts. Right. And so we decided to, let's just shoot for the moon and we'll try our very best, and that's what we did. And so we have, uh, including our dream team, which people that serve at our church, we have five different layers of leadership at our church. And um, Explain those. And so, well, it was important for me to not be the one-man show. Right. And I'd, I'd learned from some of the best on planet Earth that it's not all about me. Yeah and I can't do it, and to always build a great team and to be able to do that. And so, you know, where it starts with me and then I personally oversee a lead team of, mm-hmm. of four people. And then from that, they oversee what we call hub leaders, which are just the major hubs of ministry within our church. And then hub leaders oversee team leaders. And the team leaders are simply the people that lead the specific dream teams on, at, at our church. And then we have dream team that's underneath that. Yeah. And so that, that way we always have great spans of care. Um, it was important for me, and a lot of this comes from my experience at Gateway Church, mm-hmm. that we wanted our leadership team to be pastored and cared for from day one. That we wanted to make it clear that, it was, that we cared more about who they were, not just what they did. Right. And so we wanted to make sure as they were leading, as they were taking ground, as they were dreaming and having vision, but we wanted to make sure they were healthy and that they were, um, you know, throughout this whole church planning process, which is a grind, there's no way around it. Like (laughs) it takes effort and work, but that they were still having fun, that they loved Jesus, not just ministry, and that they felt like their souls were cared for and that they were pastored as they were leading and pastoring other people.
0: And you feel like that team is in place. So when you did move from the school to the theater, that team was able to just, move with it
1: not only that they were able to move into the
0: online season
1: true and so the structure was there to make sure that's how we pastored people throughout throughout the pandemic when we were fully online is through our teams and through our team leaders and we basically mobilized everybody into like okay no matter what you were doing you are all pastoral care And we're all gonna take care of our people and make sure that needs are taken care of and we're gonna make sure people stay connected when everything was saying to be spread out and to Mm -hmm. couldn't see each other do that. We have to fight to make sure people are stay connected. And then when we were transferring back to the theater, we're able to do the same thing and roll back in and have structure and leadership. and,
0: And now you're going back to the school. right? Yep. And so and, and so, so that's three years of set up and tear down, three mm-hmm. years of shifting. Mm-hmm. How have you kept people motivated? Because that's one of the things I hear a lot. Man, we're four years in, setting up at the middle school. Mm-hmm. We're five years in. We're two years in. How have you kept the team motivated where you're, you're mobile, It's there's change? How have you been able to do that?
1: Well, I think me personally, I think there are some things that I've done, but I give 100% of the honor and credit towards the people that are leading those teams, the people wow. that are motivating those teams, the people that are uh, leading, you know, that, that setup up and takedown process. But I think for me, the part that I could play is just to make sure that we are always having vision,
0: mm-hmm.
1: always telling people the why.
0: Yeah, so nice. Here's
1: why we do this. Yeah, Here's what we actually get to be a part of that you are setting up the house of God so that, like, without this, people are not coming into an excellent environment where they can have a distraction-free environment where they can experience the presence and the power of God, and their lives could be changed forever, that you made it a great experience when they walked in from the parking lot and there was clear signage that that you set out to do that. And, you know, we've had, we listen for stories. And so we had one guy that ended up coming to our church, getting saved, amazing like testimony type thing. But the reason why he came to our church is he saw a sign that was out in front of the school and it had the service times on there. Well, somebody put out that sign. So, you know, what we celebrated the dog out of was, hey, we put out this (laughs) sign. And listen, it connected to- Go find that person. (laughs) It connected to a life forever being changed and, and a soul, Being saved and spending eternity in heaven. And because somebody put out a sign and that God used that. And so that's a lot of my job is to be able to celebrate those things, listen for those things, make sure our why is always in front. But the team that, that, that the, the leaders that oversee that team, they're the ones that are the heroes. They're the ones that week in and week out make it fun. Yeah. I mean, it's, if you think about it, like you can do something like that and it'd be awful, or you could do something like that and it could be so much fun.
0: Yeah. And it seems like to me, you're talk the way you're sharing it. You're just the way you speak. You're putting their interests first. Yep. It's it's very what the people are experiencing. What how are they growing? Mm-hmm. How are they being fulfilled mm-hmm. in God's plan? Mm-hmm. Not just hey, what are they doing to get right. my vision down the road? And right. how can I? You know how can they right. benefit what I'm trying to build? And that's uh, that's obvious and that's so much more appealing. So you're a little bit of a veteran. So you've been, planted at church three years now. you've feel been like in ministry. Man. How old are you now? 40. You're 40, big four-o Oh man, representing yeah. the four-o. So you get to spend some time with us, I know coaching some guys, <laughs> get to come to some of our launch training. You, Heather, always add so much value to, to these young couples or, you know, they're fired up, they're excited about going into cities and they're trying to figure out a city. They're trying right. to pick a name. And, um, and so there's a lot of little mini, little, mini Brian Cromers out there and, 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 and what do you, you, you wanna tell them now? What is it like, hey, make sure, you know, big, big brother a church planter, someone who's wanting to head in that direction, mm-hmm. big brother them for a moment.
1: Yeah, I mean, the, the biggest thing that I would share with somebody that is coming up is that you have to know your definition of success.
0: Yeah.
1: Because uh, it will drive you. It, it will motivate everything right. you do and it will drive decisions and it'll drive how you think and how you feel and it'll drive your emotions. It'll drive all yeah. those. So what is, and you know, a very wise person once told me that success most of time is viewed as results. So if the results are good, then you're successful. Right. And so it could be results as like, uh, you know how many people go to your church mm-hmm. as long as that number is going up then you're successful <laughs> um, if you if even like salvations or you know how many people are in groups how many people got water baptized and how many people are serving on your serve team or your dream yeah. team and all those things and the problem is it's never enough ever it's true ever it, it is a it is a carrot that is on a stick dangling yeah, in front of good. you as soon as you get there there's more yeah. because when is it enough it's a, it, okay, we reach a 1,000 people, awesome, that's great. We made it, guys, let's shut it down, let's yeah, do that. We're no. all content, let's do that, no. Yeah. Why, because there's more lost people yeah. and there's more people that need Jesus. And so, well, what, what, you'll want 1,500, then you go 1,500 and you want 2,000. And so like, it's, it's never enough. And so if it's never enough, you feel like you're losing. Mm-hmm. And so you do not feel like a success. But what happens whenever global pandemic, global pandemic comes yeah. and it shuts everything down. Yeah. And you don't have a clue how many yeah. I'm telling you, it will crumble. It will crumble you. And so we just made a decision a long time ago, and this is what be my biggest encouragement to future planters, is that success is obedience, period. That's that it's all our jobs, no matter if it's a pastor, a business person, yeah. a doctor, a teacher, no matter who you are, it's all our responsibility to be as close as to God relationally as we can so that we can hear His voice and then just simply do what He tells us to do. And if we do that, we are successful. In Joshua 1, 7, it literally says, if you hear God's word, don't deviate to the left or to the right, it says you'll be successful in all that you do. And so what we have done is we just made a decision from day one, we're tracking all those things. Do not get me wrong, um, because it is a a dashboard on a car. If your check engine light's on, yeah. You probably should go get that checked out. Could be major, could be a minor thing. And so, but you know, you would never say that your car is successful because the check engine lights off. <laughs> <laughs>
0: right.
1: And yeah. so, but that's what we do a lot of times in the yeah. church world. And uh, we just made a decision from day one. We are going to, success is obedience. Yeah. Right? Period. Yeah. And all those other things matter and we track it, but we're going to judge that by just. Did we hear God and did we simply do what He told us to do? So like as a preacher, what's success? Yeah. Is it how many responses were made? Mm-hmm. How vocal the crowd was? How many a boys did you get in the yeah, hallway yeah, afterwards? Yeah, yeah. How many, let's just be real, how many comments on social media sure, I sure. was mentioned this many times yeah, and yeah. this, and it's never enough. No, it's not. But when success is obedience, it's did I do the hard work of hearing God? And then, did I have the courage to say what he told me to say, how he told me to say it? And if I do that, yeah. I'm successful. I
0: had a guy tell me, you know, if you don't, if you don't, if you don't understand your scoreboard, yes. you know, what is your scoreboard? If you you start looking at everybody else's, yes, and and now you're you're in that uh, vicious cycle, or you know, or or you put you put uh, the the, the ball in the wrong basket. Absolutely, and you got to make sure you're doing what God called you to do. So let me ask you this question here, uh, um, uh, as a final question. Uh, so we're three years; it's three-year anniversary. Um, so let's say it, it goes well. You invite me back. Absolutely, okay, I'm back at year six, in three more years. What do you? What do you? What do you desire? What do you hope to see? In three more years, what do you? I hope our church is. I hope we're continuing to be. Mm-hmm. I hope we're we're better at this. Mm-hmm. I hope this has happened because mm-hmm. you have vision. Absolutely, we talked about that. So now we're at year six. We've 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 gone another 156 weeks. Uh, what do you, what are you hoping for? What do you what do you believe it for?
1: Man, I'm be- I'm believing. One, it's a great question uh, because I think it's so important to be able to have something in the chamber on that one, that that you are ready with, here's what God is calling us to do, and here's long-term, and because I've just made a decision that I'm always going to have vision, but I'm going to let God determine the pace of the vision, and He's the one, because I can't control that anyway, and so, you know, but what when I lay my head down, and when I dream about our church, and when I spend time praying about our church, and You know, I'm just asking God, God, will you help us just make the biggest difference that we can in the city uh, with as many days as you'll give me on planet Earth? I just want to love people. I want to make a difference. I want to see as many people get to heaven as I can, because I know I'm going there, and I want to take as many people with me as I can. And I want to have fun along the way. I want to do it with people that I love. And to me, honestly, there's nothing You cannot put a price tag on doing life and ministry with people you truly love. And um, I love being able to do life and ministry with the people I get to do life and ministry with and that we still love each other, that we get along, that we dream together, that we have this idea that nothing is impossible with God and that He literally can do whatever. I know that there's things that God's called us to meet specific needs within our city. And um, there's to be able to be literally the church that is for the Queen City yeah. to be able to say, okay, what I love what, what are the needs of our city and how can we love and serve and meet the needs, the tangible needs of the city, believing that when we meet those physical needs, that it opens up spiritual doors for people's hearts to be mm-hmm. wide open. And there's no one better on planet earth than you mm-hmm. on that, of just serving people with no strings attached and just seeing how God can just open hearts wide open for that and to mm-hmm. see communities change and to see walls that are up in our city be broken yeah. in Jesus' name yeah. and walls of racism yeah. And yeah. walls of division and um, hate and um, just to see, you know, we pray all the time that prayer from, from the Lord's Prayer, like, God, would your kingdom come yeah. and your will be done right here in the city of Cincinnati as it is in heaven, to see heaven invade earth here and any part that we can play in that, our answer is always yes. Was that?
0: I'm talking to you because when you, 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 you're not. I'm, I'm one or two minutes in. We're having a conversation, and you. It's undeniable that you hear the word team. You've raised up a great team. Absolutely. And 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 you can't do that without loving people. Mm-hmm. You know, loving people, and I think you guys love well. And I mean, would you have ever imagined? I mean. You know, through the school, meeting your wife, and serving in you know in, in Texas, and you'd be in Cincinnati. Never. I mean, never. The, the, <laughs> never. The big red machine. <laughs> I mean, the Cincinnati, the Bengals. I mean, all the above. Never. And, and, I, and
1: if you would have told me that, I'd be like, you are crazy.
0: Yeah. And I love. That. I, I I think I was reading some of the stuff you put out when you when you came here, the vision, and, and you could sense in that. How you wanted to make the city great, you wanted yep. to make the city better. Yep. You wanted to add value to the city. Yep. Uh, you, you wanted to, you know, l- you know, make love this city, make it great, and um, and I, I think that's amazing. I it's 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 it, 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 it's contagious that you you know we and I think it, it needs to feel that way. When I served in Baton Rouge, I mean, I couldn't imagine being anywhere else right. in Baton Rouge. And now that I serve, of course, in Birmingham, but also with ARC. You know, I love every city I go in now. I was with somebody the other day and they were telling me about a city they want to go to in Connecticut. I, yes. I've never been there, but by talking to the planner, I'm like, man, I want to move there with up. you. I, I want to move to Connecticut. and You know, you get excited to it about that. And I love these young church planners. I love what God is doing in Ark. You're a vital part of ARC because your story, uh, there's not probably, when somebody asks lately, hey man, who's done it well? Uh, you're one of the first Guys, we talk about this church. Why has ARC been important through this process?
1: Um, I I couldn't imagine going through what we've gone through without ARC. Yeah. And I've got connected with ARC about ten years before we planted. Wow! And That's it really, right. truly, from day one, become part of my family. And it's like this is my tribe. These are my people. And there's so much culture and DNA. I mean. From day one, we wanted our church to be life-giving. Yeah. Where did we get that? We got that from the influence of our art family. And not only from training, I felt very trained and ready and felt like there's a playbook that was doable. And okay, I can do that if we just listen and we yeah. um, do all that. Not only funding, which was extremely helpful uh, to be able to know that there is you know, help because ministry takes money. And yep. at the end of the day, knowing of that it. that's a big deal uh, to be able to do that. But hands down, it's knowing that I was never alone. Yeah. I always had family.
0: Yeah, that's cool. I
1: always had people you I could call. Friends. I'm talking about on good days and bad days. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of people that want to call you on the good days, but the yeah, bad days, yeah. to know that I have not just one, not just two. I mean, I. mean, I mean, so many people that I can contact that I know love me, care about me, are, care about my family, care about yeah. my wife, and there is nothing like that with art. That's so true. I could not imagine going through this process without my art family, because that's what it is. It's not just yeah. in a, a network. It's not just, right. it's, it's my family. It's, yeah. it's people I'm gonna ride with till I go into the ground.
0: That's, you know, our founder, Billy, I mean, that was his heartbeat. Was mm-hmm. your relationship great? And you've been around Greg Serrat. Mm-hmm. That's great, and you know Greg's like absolutely he just wants to be together, and and I think that is irreplaceable. You you have good friends, people love you. Obviously, you've shown yourself friendly, uh, and you, you're not a person who you make it about you, and and I just I thank God for that, uh, and I, you know, and I I know this is cliche, but you know we just we we want to strive to be like Jesus. Yes. I mean, I thank God for every example, every model that's out there. But you know, planting a church, leading a team, in our home, being like Jesus, uh, doing our money, caring for someone that's that's hurting, going to the hospital, doing a funeral, all these things, counseling, all mm-hmm. these things that we do. With you know, being there for a blended family or a single mom or or our our students. It's it boils down to being like Jesus. That's why we, we get into the into the ministry. G- give us sort real of quick the vision of the church. When you say, here's Queen City, here's our vision.
1: Yeah, well our mission, which answers the question, why do we exist, yeah. is is that we exist to reach all people and teach them to have a relationship with God that gets better and better. And so really that that's it's our way of communicating the Great Commission, because that mission I cannot outrank. Jesus is the one that gave that one. And as a follower of Jesus, that's our mission. And so our language, how we put it, is we wanna reach all people. And that includes the people that right now are far from God that you don't think would ever, all 2.1 million people in the greater Cincinnati area, we wanna reach them. We wanna reach all people and teach them to have a relationship, not religion, but a relationship with God, not behavior modification, not do's or don'ts, not compartmentalize our, of their Sunday, yeah. but a relationship with God that just keeps getting better and better. <laughs> that, that type of relationship with God, a real one, it never goes in reverse. It just, like, yeah. year two is better than year one. Decade two is better than decade one. That's and great. I just wanna see as many people in I like that gets better city. and better. Yes, sir.
0: Is that a phrase y'all use? We use it all the time.
1: Yeah, so you'll you'll see it a lot. They're just better and better. If I'm playing a
0: church right now, I'm, I'm just, using doing that. That. just jacking, I'm jacking it out. Just that, like, it. crazy yeah. bad. Yeah, we yeah had, I just felt my heart. We, we had to figure to
1: out a different way how to say the best is yet to come. Yeah, so yeah. It was like, you, oh, you found hey, a better way, my brother. It
0: gets better. You guys are doing a great job. Thanks <laughs> Thank for having a conversation. Absolutely. Thank you. Proud for of you, me, man. Love you.